0: On this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, we talk about our experience at the John Mayer Concert, the death of mayonnaise, and our special guest, Daniel Parks from Cities for Life. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast where it is two guys' take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckles studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit that's right. I am talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, 2016's honorable mention New York prison guard of the year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one. It's Mojo.
1: I probably would have, I probably would have done a better job at being a prison guard. Yeah. Than this previous guy. <laughs> at least you wouldn't have fallen asleep. I don't, I don't the story keeps changing
0: every second of every wow, day so
1: interesting maybe How we can update you? that I don't know there you go anyway appreciate you guys tuning in as always man welcome to our new listeners we really appreciate you guys too turning out it. uh and uh showing out and going back and listen to our previous catalog this is episode 111 so mm-hmm. we should have a, a full plethora of uh Other episodes you guys can check out. Um, Episode one and two are kind of our histories. They're kind of raw, so don't don't judge us by the quality (laughs) of those podcasts back then. But um, it just kind of gives you a little brief history on uh, who we are, why we do this. But yeah, please go check out our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. You can get our playable links right there directly from that. That way you can kind of have one tab open uh, on your computer at work and uh, keep another work tab open. You can play them there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go to our Facebook page where we love to connect with stupid memes that um, we post from time to time. <laughs> and uh, polls every once in a while, and whatever else we're kind of thinking at the moment. Uh, that's at Southern Fry Philosophy on Facebook. You can go check us out on Twitter and Instagram at SFP Radio. Our YouTube uh, channel, youtube.com forward slash Radio. Also, our Patreon link at patreon.com forward slash SFP. Radio. There
0: you go, nailed it. And then, uh, if you'd like to check us out using the States Vegas app, don't forget that you can download it free using promo code Mojo. Uh, we are live there six p.m. on Monday and four p.m. on Friday. If you want to check that out there, uh, again, if you'd like to support the show, don't forget as Mojo said the the Patreon link. This week we did our very first SFP After Dark at Commoner's Brewery. We had a great time. Very with good that. time. Yeah. Um, and only our Patreon subscribers will be able to listen to the madness. And the, that the after
1: dark, yeah. The after dark is just a, more of a, just a raw, free-form, uh, basically non-edited, mm-hmm. just cut and dried conversation. Four mics open, and uh, we had quite a you know quite a big showing turnout yeah. that for people that came by. Um, uh, commenters Marty Jackson and those guys uh, graciously opened the doors to yeah. allow us to come in and. and uh, uh, record there, Marty, are uh, one of our fan favorites, uh, uh, one of the guys at commenters. He joined him in the conversation, and uh, I, th- I think I think it's a pretty interesting conversation. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how long it ended up being, but it was I think a pretty good episode.
0: Yeah, it was a great episode. So yeah,
1: if you want to check that out, we'll be, I'm not sure how often we'll be releasing those a month, but um, yeah, just if you want to become a Patreon subscriber, you can donate a dollar, two dollars, two hundred dollars, twenty thousand, whatever you feel compelled to. If you if you're trying to uh, Uh, Launder some of that Jeffrey Epstein money. You're more welcome to uh, drop us a couple billion there. Yeah, I think would be good.
0: How about you? Uh, Just for an upcoming guest, uh, November. See, I did it again. (laughs) September fourth, we are going to be at the Hunter House and Garden with Matthew Doherty, our special guest, the Atlantic Ten Conference former commissioner, the UNC basketball coach, former of course, and uh, our friend at Watchman Cigars, Leon, will be there. Have a charcuterie. Charcuterie. No, I say charcuterie just because it works annoys too. my wife.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we'll have charcuterie. A,
1: a platter of aged salted meats and cheese.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. Some olives maybe thrown on Probably. top. Probably. I'm sure some little um, small
1: mini pickles, the gherkins.
0: <laughs> I hate those things. Or <laughs> quichitas. Uh, and so we're just going to have a good time to do the show out there, so you're more than welcome to, to join us there. want to say shout-out to our new listeners from Sonora, Mexico, Salima. Selma, sorry, Selma, <laughs> Selma, Alabama, and Seattle, Washington, all places that begin with S. Hmm, interesting. So I'm going to ask you- This episode's you, brought to you by the letter S, I guess. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Majo, I be darned.
1: Well, I see uh, down here that you have John Mayer concert. Yeah, buddy. So uh, instead of kind of going into my how my past week has been, <laughs> how about we just dive into this John <laughs> Let's Mayer <do> it. concert? <laughs>
0: Uh, My wife's birthday, uh, August tenth. She every year I tell her I do not want to go to another stupid concert. Mm. Please do not take me to this concert. Um, And she said, "Will
1: you be masking our voices that way our wives can't?"
0: Womp 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 womp. I said, "Please don't take me to another concert." But in her defense, we always go to John Mayer. That's one concert that we'll go to. Typically, it's at the the pavilion, the PNC Pavilion. That's pavilion. Well, I say pavilion. <laughs> uh, this, People are gonna be googling right pavilion. What is a
2: pavilion?
0: <laughs> um, it, it here, and it's nice because it's outside. I get, I always get there early. I stop by and get a Jimmy John's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sit at the front row of the 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 uh, the lawn seats, mm-hmm. so I can put my feet up. I love that. That's my that's my jam right there. Except when it rains. It's a thousand degrees, uh, or it's snowing, um, but then she—it's in Time Warner Arena, so I'm mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's man. where the uh, Hornets currently the, play? The Hornets currently play, yeah." And so I said, "Well, this is going to be a little bit different." Um, but it was her birthday. Suck it up, Buttercup. Let's go. Let's enjoy it. My friend Jaime from Texas came, flew in, or drove in from sorry Nashville, and then her best friend Aaron, um, one of her best friends there, decided yeah, to, to church. go because yeah. they're they're like concert buddies. Yeah, they've been to quite a few, haven't they? Yeah. So she actually is my replacement to her concert, so I don't have to go. I wish I could
1: find a replacement for my wife.
0: You, yeah, she needs one. Um, so we went. It wasn't the best John Mayer concert that I've been to. Uh, again, I've been to several since we've lived in Texas. It was okay. Yeah. The seats, by the way, were fantastic, though. We yeah, were, I mean, so it
1: was probably not a bad view no. in the whole, the whole yeah. Coliseum, I guess.
0: But we, we went down. We mm-hmm. were like the lower level. And so I had a nice padded seat on the end, like I like it, and um, just got a beer, and I just sat there. I almost dozed off twice during the concert. Oh, wow. um, And then woke up, had me a nice little nap, and then here we go. <laughs> you, on the other hand... Did not quite enjoy the concert. Well, no,
1: I, Okay. Well, number one, this is the best John Mayer concert I've ever been to mm-hmm. because it's the only John mm-hmm. Mayer concert I've been to. So I have no <laughs> other <laughs> metrics to gauge that. Sure. Um, first thing, the pros. He is a very talented musician. Right. Um, and his ensemble of other uh, uh, concert mates there were just as equally as gifted as he is. Mm-hmm. So not taking anything away from the talent. Um, yeah. I could I, I could probably name three John Mayer songs, not by name, but just you know, like I, hey, I recognize that song. Yeah, um, it's just not my type of music. Right. Um, this was a, a concert that my wife wanted to go to, and that that's cool. I, I don't. I I, I do want to have date nights with her, but um, I mm-hmm. I'm not a concert goer. Yeah. Um, I can probably count the amount of concerts I've been in my life on two hands, and just Oof. I just I just really? don't. I I, huh. I find it a waste of money. No, I agree with that because. One hundred percent. Yeah, you can go to any streaming service now, listen to their music without interruption for you know a few bucks a month, or even free on some things. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I, concerts are generally just, in my opinion, just a waste of money, <laughs> and and I don't like wasting money. But you know, right. so I, I have that aspect. Um, the other aspect was at this concert, um, I'm experiencing some hearing loss now. Oh, no. So um, and this is coming from the meds am on. To just being around motorcycles all my life, mm-hmm. to whatever, whatnots. So you get into a, uh, a concert hall like that that has, I mean, great acoustics from what I can tell. Yeah. But um, th- when certain, when the music and, and uh, uh, vocals go over a certain decibel, it starts to sound muffled. Yeah, so okay. I, can, I can understand all the instrumental, but the words, I just can't understand. <laughs> right. So the whole time I'm sitting there, you know, anytime we take a song break, I'm like, did he really just say, the mule just shat in the woods. Uh-huh. I mean, no, that's one. That's
0: not one. Of the I, I
1: didn't think it was, yeah. but it, yeah, I would. I would hear these mis, misheard <laughs> lyrics, and um, I would. I'd kind of silently giggle under my. <laughs> my... <laughs> my own breath but so why didn't
0: you live tweet the misused <laughs> lyric <Lear, miss laughs> that, that is a
1: great idea that would have been... well we we're also on uh, dying batteries on our phones and oh, okay. i had to order an uber after because we took an oh, uber, in, hey, uber after and i didn't want to yeah. be st- stranded in uh uptown charlotte without a, sure. a ride that's a long walk back yeah, buddy. um but yeah th- i had that going for us um I also every concert every sporting event that i've ever been to in my life i always have that one are two annoying people that are behind me, like directly behind me, that are screaming Mm. to the absolute top of their lungs. It reminds me of that shrill that my mother would... Give me when I was living in her house when I was in trouble. Oh no. It just, it, it like maybe oh, some no. PTSD, but also just the pain in my ears. I mean, and, uh, you can
0: figure out why you're, you're deaf. Yeah. yeah. I
1: I would never hit a woman, but man, I contemplate on throat punching her several times. Oh,
0: you and the throat punch. Oh man.
1: Oh, that would solve the problem. It she, would have. She can't scream anymore after that. Yeah. But, um, I, I yeah, just, just that. Our seats were, we had floor seats, which is not a bragging thing because I would have never spent that kind of money. Yeah. But, um, they were tight. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, me and the dude next to us, we were, like, rubbing... buddies? We were rubbing weenuses against Whoa! each other. Oh. The weenus, the elbow. I know, the elbow, I know, skin, I, know. Yeah. I know what that So, is. Um, it was just, you know, uh, just a not a comfortable time. There mm. was, but also, at John Mayer concert, my observation is, there was a couple of white dudes there. Yeah. You know, dressed in their, you know, uh, uh, vineyard, vineyard vines and uh, their, uh, you know, Banana Republic clothing. Mm-hmm. And... Um, this was hardcore music to them. Like you could tell when a certain uh, head uh, song came on, they were like really excited. Woo! Yeah, yeah, head banging and everything. I'm like, how do you head? head, bang. head how do you headbang to John Mayer? Wow! So that was
0: hmm. it was interesting. Maybe they had earpieces and they were doing something completely I,
1: different. I, maybe I don't know, but they, these guys knew all the words. Wow! I mean, they, yeah, they were They're enjoying they it. were excited.
0: They were letting it rip.
1: Super excited. So
0: you talked about the young guys. Can I just mention the age range? Mm. In that that arena, yeah, when we pulled up to park, there was an older lady, when I say older, I'm talking about memal uh showed up, and her parking pass and her tickets were laminated, not even joking we, we <laughs> saw, her we saw her laminated tickets, Wow, like somebody's a little bit excited about this, but yeah. she was a grandma, so there's grandmas all the way down to teenagers, yeah. It was, it was a large age gap.
1: No, no doubt. I've, I, I've never seen so much um, pleather skirts, mm. shirts, and pants in my entire life. There was a lot. Not saying, I mean, there was a lot of dudes in pleather pants mm-hmm. and pleather shirts. It was just interesting to watch. Yeah.
0: I mean, the people watching was yeah, great.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, there was not a whole lot of diversity and ethnicity. 100% though. on that yeah. one. So, uh, I, it, it was quite interesting be <laughs> part of that. I've been to punk rock concerts because that was kind of my musical vein um, younger. And mm-hmm. I've actually been to those. And I wouldn't call those concerts because, you know, they're usually eight bucks to get in. Mm-hmm. You know, you get you get to drink beer and that
0: included the beer
1: that yeah. <laughs> probably, probably so <laughs> back then. But, you know, eight bucks and there'd be a wide range of ethnicities. You know, in here, so we go to John Mayer, it's pretty much saucy and crackers the whole time. Mm. So it was yeah. interesting. Hey, buddy. I didn't, you know, hats off to him. I didn't realize he's been around as long as he has. He's, oh, yeah. He's been around quite a few years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's got a, he's got a large, uh, what do they call Discography? it? Discography. Discography. but yep. They call it like something else. Library. Maybe a big Library.
1: He, he, he's got a lot of songs. I mean, yeah. like I said, nothing taken away from him. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's just not really my cup of tea or my type of music. But mm-hmm. um, what a talented musician! And, and you know, you, you know, you're super talented when you can overplay a song, like yeah. you know, the guitar solos at but the they end. they Really and, good, though. No, they're really good. Just you know, for me, I'm like, I want this concert to end, and then it goes on <laughs> an eight minute. Guitar solo.
0: That's how I feel about the praise and worship music at church. I'm like, can this song, how many times do we have to say this same phrase over and over again? It frustrates the fire out of me sometimes. And then when the people feel it, you know, like you can tell the worship leaders when they feel it Mm. that they've got to keep going and going until the crowd's going to pass out. Yeah.
1: Well, we don't see that much at our church because we have to be in and out in thirty three minutes I don't or whatever.
0: Oh man. I don't know. There's some that I'm like, oh, she's leading or he's leading music? I'm out.
1: See, I, I went to a church growing up where worship could have lasted two hours oh. and then the pastor, were like, I almost give you a five minute you know, nugget. <laughs> I mean, that that's the type of church I grew up and in. Jesus
0: that's, and Jesus wept. That's that's it. it for all today. right, bye. We'll, we'll see you
1: actually we'll see you tonight, Sunday yeah. night.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It was it was a good Good experience. I will say one of the things that uh, popped through my head while he was playing the guitar, because as he was playing, they would always do close-ups of his hands. And the thought came to me, and this is probably needs to be on the After Dark show, is where have those hands been? (laughs) And so so my friend Jaime started going through the list of his former girlfriends. Mm. Hey, buddy.
1: I know Jennifer Aniston was the one.
0: Jennifer Aniston, yeah. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, mm-hmm. which is is my like go to. Even at her age now, I'm I'm all about. Some, well, how old is
1: she? Like thirty eight or something. She's
0: like forty something. Oh,
1: okay, but Jennifer Aniston though.
0: Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Jessica Simpson, mm-hmm. um, Katy Perry, and there's been there's been others. A few, but, yeah,
1: but that's the celebrity I probably. Mean, yeah.
0: Hey, buddy, I'm I'm sure there's been more. Uh, I think. There was a Taylor Swift at for for a moment.
1: Could have been. Maybe. I'm sure she wrote a song about it.
0: Yeah. Um, but good gracious.
1: Yeah. How wow. about you? Well done. I guess when you I guess when you fly in that circle, you have that type of uh the type of a lister names. I mm-hmm. guess.
0: There you go. All right, so let's uh, hop into some wacky news brought to you by 1812 Barbecue. If you need a caterer that will supply you some of the best barbecue around, check out our friends at 1812 Barbecue. You can check them out of the sponsors section of our website. All right, speaking of things that um, uh, make you rethink life, Kenya, uh, Kenya Bay, a fart pushes the speaker to suspend a debate. Mm. The Honorable Speaker... One of us has polluted the air, and I know who it is, Julius Gaya reportedly told Homa Bay County Assembly. uh, The member has accused somebody of farting, and I am not the one. I cannot do such a thing in front of my colleagues. Hoping to clear the air, the Assembly Speaker instructed the members to step outside and take a break. ...to clear the air. Unfortunately, when they went back in, it did not smell any better. So then he asked everyone to go home, find an air freshener, vanilla, or strawberry. He said, we cannot continue sitting in this environment that smells so, smell so bad. Uh, the, the smell has said to have subsided before any such sprays were found, and the debates continued. Could you imagine, in the middle of the House of Representatives... Somebody just lets one rip, and it was so bad they had to cancel the debates and and whatnot, and had to go get air fresheners.
1: Well, as a uh, person who likes smaller government, mm. maybe they should do that a lot more <laughs> because they would probably have a lot less uh, infringements on our rights if they did that a lot more. So maybe I should actually run.
0: Maybe that's what maybe it I is. should
1: actually. Uh, our friend Julius Hoke is oh, yeah. run, is running for uh, count, a city council in Statesville. Yeah. Maybe I should encourage him just to eat a lot of large beans, <laughs> uh, amounts of beans when he gets elected. Uh, that way he uh, can uh, actually maybe do nothing, which is not a bad thing for a city council.
0: Instead of instead of a filibuster, it'll be a farter buster. Yeah, there you go. And they just fart the whole time. Yeah. But can can I can we talk about the the sprays? Mm-hmm. Have you found one that actually works well? That poopery. The poopery is the precursor. Right. You put that in before you start. Well,
1: I've actually used it to cover up. Have you? Yeah. Huh? Because you know, sometimes you're not sure. You don't no. know. Yeah. But um, no, some most of them, man. I mean, they don't do a very good job covering it up. It's just you know, it's whatever the smell of poop mm-hmm. plus that flavor plus the flavor. Yeah. yeah.
0: And do you would you agree with how they went about saying only bring back vanilla and strawberry? Because once you start mixing those smells and you get a potpourri of the sprays, mm. that is god-awful.
1: I mean, those are probably pretty good, two two good choices. Lavender would have probably been okay. Okay. I would definitely say not new car smell.
0: Yeah, right, that's yeah, a good that one. Would, that That's yep.
1: kind of probably end up smelling like burnt rubber. Right. Um,
0: All Spice, you probably wouldn't want to do that <laughs> <no>. one.
1: <laughs> Pump, it definitely Pumpkin Spice, no. That's a no-no.
0: I just, because I have been known to drop, one or two that have run me out of my own bathroom and then I come back with as many sprays as I can and just go to town Yeah, and then I just realize it just made it worse. Oh so. yeah,
1: because like especially especially when if you think it's a good idea to offer those many flavors mm-hmm. that you're spraying in there <laughs> right. and one time, you think the company would probably already create a scent like that like like <laughs> right. cherry vanilla you know that would be <laughs> right, or you know Japanese mango or you know I mean, they yeah. would, probably actually have a flavor that way instead of in single Selection, so yeah. Sometimes you just yeah. Unfortunately, the Heinz
0: fifty seven spray.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. we can't call it what it is on our this show. We sure. have to wait till yeah, the other we'll one. But them. um, so yeah. Say you know, a lot of times you just actually make it worse. Yeah. But, um, I, mine's never been about the the aroma. It's always mm-hmm. been about the timing. You know, uh, when just when one accidentally falls out. You know, <laughs> that's it, kind of embarrassing.
0: I will say the poopery saved us in India. I mean, tight quarters, living in a hotel room oh, for a sure. month. That Poopery saved it.
1: Oh, that stuff, such a—it's amazing. Such I don't know a how small works. container. Yeah. But one squirt. Yeah. You're good to go.
0: Yeah. It covers it up. So you yeah. put it. You if you don't know about it, you spray it in the toilet before you go. You do your business, and you don't have the smell. All right. It, it's it's miracle of modern day. But technology. also Chris
1: Pratt went during his uh, acceptance speech of one of the awards mm-hmm. he won. I think it was yeah. MCV. We had People's we talked choice. About it on yeah. the show. Uh, he actually, one of his rules for life is actually do a courtesy flush as right. b- business is happening. and um, I could
0: never time it right.
1: Uh, you, you got to be more cognizant of mm-hmm. what's going on around you there. So sure. yeah, yeah, It could possibly <laughs> be. The
0: 1812 barbecue story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you the -the fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, the mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget those sides with the coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good! Call or email Eric at 1812 Barbecue, and he can make your next catered meal happen. Weddings, graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812 Barbecue. Want to try your hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Want to try your hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812BBQ, or call 704-604-5148. That's 704-604-5148. And email Eric at eric.line at 1812BBQ.com, and he will be glad to help. Speaking of things in the bathroom, a teacher tells the class that a demonic energy is coming from the bathroom, Department of Education says, former Rock Ridge High School denies telling students about demons and spirits, saying that there was a spirit in the bathroom. Keep in mind, this is the same teacher who said that he has a spirit daughter, and he was another student's spirit husband. Hey, That's a little creepy. That's a weird one. Edward... Edward Tardif, 46, was uh, also accused of holding meditation in his criminal justice classroom during the 2017-2018 school year as well as trying to smoke with a student and contacting students on social media at inappropriate times. Well, this guy's going to get let go. Uh, Tardif said that the district did not welcome him back to the classroom following the school year, and he has not been a teacher since. Uh, He said that it's been a total misunderstanding. He was making reference that there was something evil in the bathroom because kids were coming out with red eyes, uh, making apparent remarks that there there was drug use going on in the bathroom. Uh, he then also said, if I was reading this article, I would say it's very strange, very bizarre, but it's totally taken out of context. So. Maybe
1: maybe so, but your previous habits of contacting social media, things like that, that's kind of creepy. In this day and time, man, yeah. I mean, being a dude, yeah, being 46 and contacting your underage students, that yep. is a big no-no. That's a
0: weirdo. That's a weird one. I
1: wonder if his presidential candidate that he's going to probably vote for for the Democratic nod is uh, Marianne Williamson because she (laughs) is always saying the demonic and spiritual forces and this and that. Oh, yeah. I
0: forgot about that. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. All right. So let's go into some hot topics brought to you by Watchman Cigars. If you want a fantastic cigar at a reasonable price, again, check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. Uh, All right, so we talked about a feel-good story last week. I got another one this week. Survivors of a rare wolf attack in Banff, is that it? Banff? Yeah. Uh, Recount how an animal tried to drag a man from the tent in the middle of the night. Long story short, there was a, um, a gentleman that was being attacked by a wolf, and, uh, and the gentleman Russ fee, he rushed to save them. He said he was running towards the tent. He was hearing screams of help, help. He got in a panic, ran towards the tent, realized, Hey, there's a wolf attacking somebody. He saw his leg being pulled like, um, uh, like a wolf going for a bone. And he decided he's going to form tackle this wolf going full speed. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I've got enough speed. And he just form tackled him. Uh, They got, he got up, started yelling at the wolf and he eventually ran away. But um, man, he, he just saved this guy's, uh, this guy's life uh, and his family's life. So I thought that was very awesome. Matthew Rispole was the guy that was being attacked. Ah, could you imagine getting one being attacked by a wolf and then form tackling the wolf?
1: Uh, guy's got some courage. Good
0: I mean, job for be,
1: you, sir. Yeah, because I mean, we you know, a, a wild wolf is a huge animal. Yeah. Um, they're, I mean, they're bigger than your Rottweiler, your pit bulls. I mean, they hunt in packs. You never usually find one of them solo. Mm-hmm. So this guy could open himself up to a lot more yeah. damage. I mean, sure. you know, th- if the pack would attack, this guy would have been shredded, you know, shredded cabbage also. Yeah. So, I mean, wow, what a story of, uh, her, you know, being heroic and, and just, Loving your fellow man.
0: Yeah. he. Uh, they said that the wolf uh, was getting older with age, and they thought that he kind of had like a wolf-like dementia. And so <laughs> he was kind of <laughs> on his own, and that's why he had an unusual behavior. They could, They could. The park did not have any reports of other wolves attacking people, hmm. but that one just kind of went rogue. Maybe it was
1: a full moon. This guy had Maybe just changed from his human form yeah. to a werewolf, and he had dementia.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so if you are a werewolf and you have Alzheimer's, yeah, then are you gonna be? You're gonna have Alzheimer's when you're the werewolf? Uh,
1: maybe so. This could be, yeah.
0: Oh snap! This, hey,
1: this that sounds more plausible than Jeffrey Epstein committing suicide. So I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, well, I do want to talk about that and get an update, but also um, I want to bring this up. Colin Kaepernick posted a video that's saying that he has been denied work for 889 days and he still wants to play in the NFL. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, he posted a video showing that him working out at the gym at 5 a.m., five days a week for three d- for th- three years. It has a countdown of how many days he's not been able to work, that he's been denied work, and he's ready to get back into the NFL.
1: <clears throat> um, I don't think you're being denied work because – that is a contractual thing that the employer enters in with you and evidently nobody wants to enter in, um, a contract with you. I guess if we follow the same logic as Colin Kaepernick's that, um, maybe I, I've probably been, been, been denied work by the NFL for 13,000 days. So I'm a little bit longer streak than you are Colin. Um,
0: I think I got my chance. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, if you were that good, maybe, I mean, I know people will argue stats and things like that. The mm-hmm. guy had a couple of good years. Yeah. Um, we could also argue the same thing for Tebow and other guys who are high-profile players that actually yeah. had some de- decent years and, uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. fallen off or whatever. Um, I, I think he's a legend in his own mind, um, probably a legend in a lot of people's mm-hmm. minds, especially the people that tend to flow towards more of the, quote-unquote, social justice uh, hero status that he has. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. But if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was offered a, uh, a contract with the CFL, Canadian Football League. Oh, really? Um, I'm I'm pretty sure there's probably a few other arena football leagues mm-hmm. or other semi-pro leagues that would probably love yeah. to have them. But at this point in time, I just don't think that the NFL is really interested. And plus, I mean, why as an employer, why would you want to bring mm-hmm. bring that volatile character or personality yep. into your locker room? Uh, I I mean, as a person who, um. Has business dealings. I wouldn't want that in my locker yeah. room. Yeah,
0: you're gonna have to bring in all of not just him, but all this baggage that he brings with with him. So, right. Well, just
1: in time when you think uh the hashtag racist cries have died down a little bit, you gotta have someone pipe up about it. Because I mean, I'm I'm sure this is where he's going. This is i've uh, been his plea and cry the whole time. And um, yeah, just a just a. I mean, I have nothing against Colin. I mean, if he wants to have a beer mm-hmm. I, with with me, I'd love to have oh, one. Sure. I doubt he will, because I know that he's a recent convert of a, a new religion uh, oh, as a couple of years ago. So, but, you know, the... More welcome if you want to sit down to a BLT and a beer. I'd be more than happy to treat you, but I, I may mean, I have nothing against the guy. I
0: mean I'm going to go out on a limb and probably say probably doesn't want the B of that BLT.
1: Probably not, but <laughs> you, yeah, we can get some turkey B, which yeah. is not as good. <laughs> sure, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know where the listeners stand on this, but I mean, if you want to protest, protest. I don't care. But I right. like I said the the personality when you're when I guess. In my opinion, when you're putting a team together, you want personalities to click. Yeah. Right? And if you have someone who is possibly – could be a standout personality that could take the team in a negative way. And, and, yeah. Um, you know, especially the publicity, the notoriety, et cetera, et cetera, where the the locker room shenanigans or are, are the uh, um, things off, that kind of take Off away. the field, off yeah. the court Yeah, they take yeah. away from the, the, the team season. I don't think you'd want them there. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think you can make even a great argument that he was such a great quarterback that a team needs him. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think you could. I mean, if there's anybody out there listening that has more sports statistics or whatever, uh, please, please email us. I, I just yeah. don't think you can. And I'm not stand. I'm not. I'm not one who um, has black. I mean, the he can do whatever he wants to off 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 the field. I could care less. Right. You know, if he wants to stand on the flag, burn it, whatever. That's his First Amendment right. Now, mm-hmm. as, as if he was employed by my team, and I asked him not to, and he kept doing it, then mm-hmm. I'd have probable cause to terminate him. So, right. um, I don't. I don't it, to me, it doesn't matter with that. But yeah, I just don't. I, I wouldn't want him in my locker room at all.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. He no. was
1: a third string.
0: Yeah. It, it, again, I think it's going to cause too much division, too much at least um, negative publicity. So, why why even put yourself through that? And like you said. The teams have a right to do whatever they want. Uh, him being denied work, I think, is an it's incredible a mis- stretch. That's, yeah, that's, right? a, that's a
1: misappropriation like, of that word. Yeah. I don't think he's not been denied. That would be saying you and I have been denied contracts.
0: Right, yeah. I've been denied being president of the United States, yeah. so therefore I'm going to say.
1: Like him. I said, I think that's just a bigger social movement. He's trying to get his yeah. uh, you know, keyboard warriors on the Twitters and yeah. – Whatever other uh, social media avenues well, to kind of get behind us talking them. about it, right? Well, I mean, yeah, but you know, you know, the thing about us, we'll talk about it for three minutes <laughs> and then we'll wash our hands of it, and move on, I think a, twice a Colin Kaepernick. But yeah. you know, obviously, he has his minions. He has mm-hmm. Nike in his back pocket because yep. you know we had that Betsy Ross flag con- controversy shoe yeah. that they pulled from the uh, the shelves due to him uh, saying that was a racist origins and. Not knowing the exact history of Betsy Ross and the things she did, yeah. which is kind of uh, ludicrous and crazy. Ironically, Nike makes their you know shoes in China. slave slave factories, you right. know, at three cent a day or whatever for these people. <laughs> but yeah, hey, that's I guess that's the sweet irony of crony capitalism when uh, it's exported to different countries. But hey, yeah, it is what it is.
0: Yep. Oh well. See you, Colin. I don't have any. I don't have any sad feelings for you, my friend. <laughs> Not at all. If you are in the market for a high-quality cigar for a very reasonable price, you must check out Watchman Cigars. Watchman Cigars is a family-owned business that puts the customer first with the best customer service in the business. Watchman Cigars offers the Habano for a full, spicy flavor, the Connecticut for a mild, easy-to-smoke option, and the Maduro for a strong, powerful experience. They even do specialty blends and partner with you to provide a custom exclusive line just for you. Watchman Cigars has all your cigar needs. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Watchman Cigars 1991 or email Leon directly at Watchman underscore cigars at yahoo.com. That's Watchman underscore cigars at yahoo.com or check out the sponsors section of our website. All right, so the last thing we we're going to talk about uh, on our hot topics is the death of mayonnaise. This hurts my heart. Literally. In so many ways.
1: <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of mayonnaise. Sure. I eat mayonnaise quite a bit. If you're in the South, um, everything has mayonnaise in it potato salad, deviled eggs, egg salad, tuna salad. Uh, I just, there's actually desserts with mayonnaise. You can mm-hmm. use mayonnaise in culinary applications to create crust. I mean, yeah,
0: we talked about the pear salad.
1: You can uh, actually use mayonnaise and, and substitute of butter to, for grilled cheese. It actually gives oh, a yeah, actually buddy. gives a grilled cheese I an I extra tried crunch. That the other day yeah. and that
0: was fantastic. Yeah. So thank yeah. you, sir.
1: Yeah. Um, so this article was produced as op-ed. Um, it, well, I actually go back a little bit further. BuzzFeed, which is kind of the uh, dustbin of uh, kind of uh, <laughs> articles online uh, for millennials, uh, had a. Uh, a uh, list on there called 23 th- twenty three things you'll only understand if you effing hate Mayo. so <laughs> oh my um, and then uh, basically just had you know this kind of list of things, especially it went towards some of the health things and in I guess the consistency of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so anyway, this op-ed journalist uh, writing for the Phillymag.com, uh, wrote this op-ed piece knowing that there's a death and the the death of Mayo and he's blaming Millennials for it because mm. um, he noticed when he would go to family functions um, back in the pa- days past there would be a lot of um, especially in his uh, upbringing you know, second generation American a lot of his um previous cookouts and so stuff like that would have condiments and mm-hmm. uh, yep. from, you may know it would be out as a condiment or you'd have these sides that would have mayonnaise in them. Well, as the years kept going by and the, and the, some of the older generation started dying off and the newer generation in place, a lot of people were foregoing anything with mayonnaise. So he knows that the millennials, he, he's blaming millennials for the death of mayonnaise.
0: Yeah. He was saying that because of our wide plethora of options, that things like the mayonnaise, like mayonnaise, is going out of style. When there's now kimchi, wasabi, relishes of of every ink and hue, and salsa, and and all that kind of stuff, like those things are sure. taking the place of mayonnaise because it's boring and it's there is Is what I think it said technically.
1: Yeah, I mean that. Um, but you know, and I, I don't think the mayonnaise companies, especially Hellman's, which is really not real mayonnaise. Um, Right. Because if Dukes. you're from the South, it's got to be Dukes. I know you're a Miracle Whip
0: On lover. certain things. On certain things. Okay. On certain things. <laughs> Even if
1: you bring the devil's condiment in your house. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, It's sweet. Yeah, but Hellman's, you know, was kind of the first to market where they would have a low-fat mm. mayonnaise, which Mm-mm. why would you ever no. put that in your mouth? No. Um, you know, you'd have the olive oil mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. You'd have just uh, yeah. different forms of he tried, yeah. I he mean, it's just, yeah, mm. or nope. flavored mayonnaise like wasabi mayonnaise. Then I mean, tried. yeah, it's it's not good. No. I mean, why even bother? That's the waste of perfectly good egg and <laughs> and, and oil and whatever. I mean, so yeah, so I guess yeah. I just don't. The the mayonnaise companies kind of lost their way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but. Anyway, I'm hoping that we have a revival because, you know, I have hope because of the keto diet people out there because yeah. mayonnaise is you a big part it. of the keto
0: diet. So You can bring it back, you ketoers. I th- we, can, we can do it. Uh, do you think there'll be big tent revivals of mayonnaise?
1: I think you'll have more and a more cult following mm. of people that do things with mayonnaise. But you, you got to think, man, you can't do... Like all your salad dressings have mayonnaise. Yeah, I mean ranch, blue cheese, honey mustard, Thousand,
0: thousand Island, Thousand Island. I do like me some. All your dressings Island. have a mayonnaise based. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't care what you call it. You can, you're going fancy with like the balsamics and the Italians. Yeah, and,
1: but you need you know you need that. Good fat that comes in mm. like a mayonnaise to, to actually break down the proteins in your stomach. So you mm. got to eat that stuff. Come on. Plus, I mean, imagine a
0: cheeseburger without mayonnaise. I love mayonnaise on a cheeseburger. Oh yeah, mm. just it helps. Love it it. <laughs> helps slather it down. Do you think? I noticed that this is from phillymag.com, Do you think he was actually a lobbyist for the cream cheese industry? Ooh. I'm just throwing that out there. He though. could Here's be. I think he. Theory.
1: Yeah, he could. He could have been. Or he maybe he has a bunch of cream cheese lobbyists in his uh-huh. family. They're trying to you know, self-suicide, uh, the mayonnaise.
0: So this is a dumb question, but what is mayonnaise made out of? Um, How do you make homemade mayo?
1: Aoli. Yeah. You have to have a blender. Uh, you take raw egg mm-hmm. and that's where, um, I, you know, I'll, go, I'll give you a little context the history a second ago or a second. Um, anyway, you take, uh, uh, egg yolks. Okay. Just the yolks. No, sorry. Egg whites. Egg whites. Um, you put it in like a food processor. You okay. slowly, uh, Add oil, uh, a little bit of vinegar. Uh, vinegar actually helps cook it a little bit because it's called cold cooking. Okay. Um, basically, oil, vinegar, and egg, and that's it. Hmm. And you put it in a food processor. So you have to slowly stream the oil into the top of the food processor because yeah. it's called emulsifying. Right. And that's okay. where you kind of get the uh, the stiff peaks like you would whipped cream. And it thickens it up naturally because it aerates. So you put anytime you emulsify it, you're basically aerating, uh, adding air to, uh, to this and it just. Creates this delicious concoction, hmm. but uh, see where I'm from in near Green near Anderson. There's a plant in Greenville, South Carolina. Actually, Malden technically, that's where Duke's is uh, oh, from. Oh, okay. Uh, th- and there was a, a lady. Uh, who created Duke's mayonnaise? And she actually had a sandwich shop, and she would hand make the mayonnaise every day for sa- for sandwiches. Now oh, this wow. is back in, back in the early days, and um, there was a breakout. I think of listeria through mm. through eggs, and a lot of people got sick. Uh-oh. So they had to start using pasteurized eggs in the mayonnaise. So that that, that you know mayonnaise took a negative connotation back then. Mm. That's the reason why you'd also a lot of people don't make it at home. Um, is due to that chance of uh, gotcha. E. coli or listeria or whatever that can form in a chicken egg.
0: The same reason why they tell me don't eat the brownie batter just because yeah, of the yeah. egg.
1: Yeah, but, you know... How do you get pasteurized eggs, then? Well, you can actually buy pasteurized eggs oh, in like containers, you. yeah. Huh. um, they're, uh, Even certain eggs, I think they, go, they now can go through a, a slight steaming process. They're still raw, but they'll mm-hmm. actually have it. But uh, pasteurized eggs, you can actually get... Um, in the you know, dairy, they call it dairy section. I don't know why the dairy section mm-hmm. eggs are, but in refrigerated Cooked section, by the milk. yeah, refrigerated section. You can you can get uh, eggs, and a lot of times if they're in liquid form they or you will say pasteurize on it. And how they do that is they actually add citric acid, and that citric acid acts as a like is said a cold cooking uh, thing that helps cook them, but also they'll use some type of steam or whatever to help hmm. uh, pasteurize them too.
0: And so you can eat those raw, yeah, because you see like these weight weight builders, you know, bodybuilders. Yeah. And they're just like chugging raw eggs. I thought at some uh, point you might get salmonella. uh,
1: I actually watched a uh, a thing, a documentary the other day. I don't know how I got on this (laughs) rabbit hole of (laughs) documentaries, but uh, it was talking about oh, uh, foods that built America, Hmm. and egg industry was one of them. Hmm. And um, there's actually a couple company. I think it was a company called Eggology out of California, and uh, they sell primarily egg whites that are um, to bodybuilders, and they come in these containers about the size of Probably two quarts. And there was a guy that, you know, was a bodybuilder, and he drank mm. one two-quart container in the morning and one two-quart container in the afternoon, or actually cooked one of them, sorry. So he ate four quarts of it raw mm. egg whites every day. But supposedly these guys, the, the, these egg whites from this company are, you know, pure. They uh, go through a stringent process in their egg cultivation, and things like that. So I don't mm. know. I can see your nose.
0: I, don't, I couldn't <laughs> eat just, just chugging raw I, Yeah, eggs. no okay. doubt.
1: That's not me. I, no. I remember growing yeah. up, early, like early eighties, my mom would add a add an egg to milkshake. Okay, and um, it has fortified it and added a little bit of uh, creaminess to it, a different texture to it. Um, I so, can see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we did that growing up, mm. not too long because then you know she probably saw some type of. Uh, sixty minutes or something where you know,
2: <laughs> egg, egg, mystery.
1: eggs were killing three hundred thousand kids a year, or something. Right. I mean, <laughs> so she she stopped doing that.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow, um, interesting. <laughs> I learned more about mayonnaise than I ever thought I would.
1: There, <laughs> we can actually go into a lot more deeper, but yeah, I'd like to. Um, yeah. So a little Epstein update. So on yeah. our on our uh, after hour after dark after hours podcast we had on Monday, mm. which is available again once again through Patreon subscribers. Um, we kind of kind of gave our two cents of what we thought was happening with Epstein. But today mm-hmm. there's been, uh, you know, they're starting to go through all these documents that have been released, and, there, man, there's, there's some high-profile names in there. But also I think the funniest one was uh, a person leaked a photo from uh, Jeffrey Epst- Epstein's apartment in Manhattan it actually had a portrait of Bill Clinton sitting in a couch in the Oval Office, but Bill Clinton was not wearing a suit he was wearing the infamous black or the blue dress that Monica wore.
0: Wait, what? Yeah, you
1: will have to I, hold on. I got to I got to see if I can find this real quick.
0: So this blue dress that got him in so much trouble Bill was actually wearing said dress
1: supposedly was uh was wearing this thing
0: in um in the Oval Office.
1: Yeah, but it was like I said it was it was a a portrait. <laughs>
0: By the way, he's got those. He's, he's got, got the Dorothy heels on he's too. He's got the red pumps on. How about um,
1: you? Yeah, I,
0: there's no place like home.
1: I, I don't know if this is going. to I don't know if this is actually true or not because we're huh. still waiting this, but yeah, um, it, it looks like that this could be,
0: could be, could real. be.
1: Yeah, and people, of course there, there's people out there saying that uh, that's no way it's Bill's face, but in the in the raw photo, mm-hmm. uncleaned up, it actually
2: it looks it
0: pretty, like him. Yeah.
1: It looks, so wow. I don't know. We'll see.
0: So is it? Is there any way that it's not, that it is a suicide, in your opinion?
1: Do you think— you, There's always that possibility, but I think the conspiracy part of me, um, especially we're finding out now that the guard on duty wasn't actually a normal guard. Mm-hmm. He could have been a substitute guard. Yeah. that then and, and I actually heard someone from the uh, uh, jail union or whatever said that even possibly that— Sometimes uh, replacement guards, since they're so understaffed now in the prison mm-hmm. system, jail system yeah. that even the part-time guard could have been a teacher or a maintenance worker from the wow. city looking to pick up a couple extra hours. i the story keeps changing minute to minute, man. i don't I don't think so, And
0: from what I understand now, because I didn't when we did the show, I didn't quite understand, but he was on suicide watch. and then, he was not on suicide watch even after he attempted. So he he wasn't on suicide watch at the time that he did it. I think you have to look at who was the person that took him off of the suicide watch, mm. and could it have been just hey, I know that you're supposed to be watching me. I'm gonna Epstein could have said I'll pay you off just let me do this and then it's all possibilities I
1: mean unfortunately we'll We'll never know we'll never know yeah and um, we will it'd be interesting to as a public we're all curious now Mm -hmm. you know sure we're so in plugged in and tuned to the media now we always want to know what's going on yeah and as a as a taxpayer you know hopefully as a taxpayer, hoping that they would have convicted him, and also yeah. g- grabbed the dirt out of him, you want to know. Sure. So, yeah, you want to know what the inside of the jail was. That it looked like, because yeah. you know, you want to see if if the ceilings were actually eight or nine feet tall. That way, mm-hmm. and you know, he could have, if there was any possible way, he could drape himself to actually do it. I mean, you, you want to <laughs> know these things. I yeah. mean, um, it, especially like I said, we have so much information at our fingertips. So, yeah, we just naturally curious.
0: Do you remember uh, the '80s film? Goonies. I do, of course. And it started off at the beginning where you thought one of the Fratelli brothers hung himself, and then he he didn't. He actually had a pipe <laughs> that was on his uh, back yeah, yeah, belt, yeah. and it kept him from from actually hanging. Maybe maybe this whole thing maybe that's what it was. <sighs> I'm just saying he may have. <sighs> Man, i heard there's, gotten that there's, clip from that movie. If
1: there's so many conspiracy theories out mm-hmm. there now, they're you know obviously thinking that he's probably in witsec. Yeah, uh, you know just. Spilling his beans, he's probably in, in a black a black ops site for some CIA, cl- you know, clandestine yeah. operation. Um, there's all kinds of theories out there that it's crazy it, it is. And once you start, and I have to plug my unplug myself because man, <laughs> sure. once I go down a rabbit hole, you know, you'll you'll be up all hours of the night just chasing it, and I, I I just can't do that.
0: Top three conspiracy theories. If if the government came to you and said, "I will give you all the information you want to know about three things." What are they gonna be? Uh
1: extraterrestrial life.
0: Okay. I think that's one. Then. Yep.
1: Um, Does that include
0: Area 51?
1: Yeah, I think that I that's why that I kinda use, kinda I use a broad it. brush yeah. on that one. Um nine eleven. Ooh. Still. Because that, because that that is our Pearl Harbor, our generation Pearl mm. Harbor. Yeah. Um and I'm and don't, you know, you don't have to send me no hate mail. I'm not mm-hmm. saying nine eleven didn't happen and they used you know, direct energy weapons or anything. I'm just saying I would like to actually know the full skinny on it because there's so much information that we haven't gotten from Mm -hmm. 9-11. So I I think that's number two. Uh, Probably number three would probably have, oh man, I probably, it'd either be JFK Mm -hmm. or uh, the beginnings of World War II Mm -hmm. because, There's a lot of angles there with World War II and how we actually entered World War II. Yeah. It's not as simple as just, uh, you know, the Pearl Harbor bombing. Yeah. So I'd be kind of curious about that.
0: How about you? I I would agree. I think uh, JFK, just because I watched the movie Mm -hmm. and spent three hours trying to figure that out. Uh, Aliens, uh, again, because I watched Independence Day uh, and took three hours trying to figure that one out. Sure. And then probably uh, number three for me would be, and the government has to know, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie's Roll center of a Tootsie Pop?
1: Actually, you don't have to find that out. There's actually some more pro- posted on that. Really? Yeah. Ah. So All you right. have to fill number three now.
0: Okay. Um Nine uh, Eleven is a good one. I would Does does aliens also include like cryptos, like Bigfoot? And Loch Ness monster and those things.
1: We probably could. You probably could pick a ba- a broad paintbrush there to cover to cover those yeah. things.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Third is why did it take so long to repave the, the Concord down <laughs> the downtown Concord
1: Street? Hey, I've got my own conspiracies about that.
0: <laughs> but I think that, that Epstein is going to be one of those that because there's so many things that failed. Mm-hmm. You know that's always going to be perfect failings. Perfect too. That, yeah. of how all that stuff happened. The other one is fire festival. How in the world did that happen, <laughs> uh, or not? <laughs>
1: like, or not? Yeah.
0: yeah. So I mean, gosh, I think that one will will be one of those that to go down in infamy. Yeah,
1: and and uh, it'll be interesting to see because the internet, the quote unquote, you know, basement investigators, it mm-hmm. actually like for example, they did. See Friday, but he killed himself on Saturday, I believe. What was it? And so Friday, um, they've released. They did a dump. Dump. Uh, they did a document dump on Friday. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of times, um, government will do that. They'll do a document dump on a Friday because they're hoping that the media won't catch on to it going right. into a weekend. That right. way, people aren't as excited about it. Because mm-hmm. typically, people follow news Monday through Friday. Right. So um, they did a document dump, and then the next day he killed himself. Now, part of that document dump was where um, this uh, young lady who has accused Epstein of actually being part of uh, of selling her out and also raping her. Mm. Now, she released a plethora of photos with, with her, mm. like with Prince Andrew. Gotcha. Uh, photos of her with Alan Dershowitz, the uh, lawyer. Um, she accused, like... <laughs> Bill Richards, the former Democratic uh, governor mm. of New Mexico, oh, wow. Richardson, um, a high-profile senator, Democrat senator from Maine, I believe. I mean, she's accused several mm. high, big-profile wow. names. That document dump, document dump was mm. on Friday, and then he killed himself the next day. Mm. So, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping that uh, the FBI really does this due, due diligence. I, you know, probably uh, – just as good as the Kavanaugh here <laughs> trying to rewind <laughs> to history right. and and uh, reading calendars from 1981. But hopefully they do a really good job mm. as far as just unsealing everything and looking under, under every rock, and not just because of my curiosity or your curiosity, but for the to get to the truth of yeah. sex trafficking. We have yeah. talked about it. We've had Lanny George on from um, our the uh, network here that helps get women out of sex trafficking. I think we need to know that because yeah. if it is a global thing with, with a leech swapping young kids around. I want to know about it. I want, mm-hmm. I want that. I want that camel to camel's back to be broken. Mm-hmm. And I think we deserve it.
0: Yeah. It definitely is. Hopefully one of those things that we'll keep hearing about only to uncover more of the truth. Well,
1: unfortunately our Amer- our American psyche and tolerance for, you know, being able to concentrate on anything is not that long.
0: It'll be, yeah. out the, it,
1: it may be out of the news cycle within 30 days.
0: It'll be interesting. Yeah. It'd be interesting to watch to see, because hopefully, like you said, they'll keep digging and investigating, and more and more information will come yeah. out. So yeah. hopefully that'll that'll happen. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will have... Um,
1: Daniel Parks from Cities for Life.
0: There you go. Uh, here on the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. I really do hope that you love Southern Fried Philosophy. Did you know that you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? I know this sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards like places like Amazon or Starbucks, or if you're a good person, you could even donate that PodCoin to charity. Then the more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I have a special code for you. Simply use our code SOUTHERNFRIED, one word, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen enough to us on there, you can get a cappuccino or a Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code SOUTHERNFRIED. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts. The views and opinions of Southern Fried Philosophy are not necessarily those of our guests, sponsors, or friends of the show, but they should be.
1: Welcome back to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Um, as promised, we have Daniel Parks with Cities for Life. Out of, uh, he's from Charlotte here, and this is an organization that just recently discovered probably about six months ago, eight months ago. i mm-hmm. um, been following them pretty religiously. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> as, we've spoke, as, we, as we've spoken about on previous episodes and um, the pro-life versus pro-choice
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: arguments in this country, um, I'm, I'm very uh, pro-life, and I wanted to have someone that kind of uh, has been the feet and hands of Christ, in my opinion, mm. uh, here in this locally er- local area. Uh, I'll let we'll elaborate what Daniel and his organization does, but um, yeah, Cities for Life. What they basically do is a They stand out in front of abortion clinics, but instead of holding signs um, and uh, basically yelling uh, very nasty things (laughs) to uh, uh, mothers, they're actually out there with an ultrasound in a van or an RV bus, and they actually go out there and Hmm. offer free ultrasounds and counseling uh, for women. And um, man, I struck a chord, and then um, I I guess I kind of hit them up for... Hit them up and forgot to respond to them again <laughs> when I tried to get them on the first time. But then I saw they just created this new baby shower page. I was like, man, mm. why, they're not only you know, helping women understand what's going on with their bodies, but they're actually there for them afterwards. Yeah. And that was pretty amazing right there. And that's where a lot of times as followers of Christ, we drop the ball a lot. Sure. You know, we say we're, we're very good at the initial action, but right. the follow up, yeah, we're not so good with that. Right. So Unless it's a covered dish dinner, we're, we're, we pretty much suck at that. Sure. So.
0: Or, my, or my diet program. I got it. <laughs> Day one, I'm with you. The rest of it, I'm out. <laughs> so welcome to
1: the show, Daniel. We appreciate you coming on. Where can people find you at? Uh, uh,
3: Charlotte.citiesforlife.org is our uh, local website.
1: Okay, perfect. So uh, I guess the opening question is, why Why do this? What I'm, I'm sure you've uh, had, had other aspirations in life. Why, why yeah. start this?
3: Um, well, you know, it actually kind of ties into my testimony and how I became a believer um, I was a father at seventeen years old in high school. My girlfriend was fifteen when she got pregnant mm. and it was one of those situations where you know your life has changed in a moment. Um, it was the end of the world for me sure. <laughs> the end of the world for my my girlfriend um, who's now by God's grace, my wife. oh wow, nice and little did we know that the end of our world was the best thing for us at that time because we were living for ourselves and living for. You know, the world and, and sin and all of that, and the Lord used that, you know, quote, unwanted pregnancy to draw us to Himself. And so our testimony sort of ties into the issue of abortion, because, you know, our daughter, who now is 21 years old, we're married,
1: we have eight children. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, do you guys and, believe, I guess you guys don't believe in TVs either, do you? <laughs> well,
3: TVs are, you know, it's a waste of time. You know? <laughs> sure. Evidently yeah. <laughs> so. It's
0: another thing to do, you know?
3: Yeah. So... So, yeah, um, it ties into our testimony. We can speak from the perspective of a, of a young man. I can personally from a young man who's in a difficult situation. My wife can speak from the perspective of a young lady in a difficult situation. And, uh, you know, of course, we're believers in Jesus, and we we really believe that every life is precious in His sight. We believe that life begins at conception. And, um, you know, I was actually about 15 years ago taken out to an abortion clinic, sort of the way the the Lord uh, set it up as a church we were going to at the time, we were actually bringing their children's group out to an abortion center to sing and sing Jesus Loves Me and sing, you know, and, and try to reach the moms going in as a testimony. And I was there as a chaperone uh, to make sure the kids were, you know, in where they needed to be and all of that. And I was standing there in front of that abortion clinic and like the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, you know, mm. 100 feet from where you're standing, babies are dying mm. right here, right now. What are you going to do about it? And, you know, we we know about abortion. Everybody knows that abortions take place, right? Mm-hmm. But until we're there and we see it with our own eyes, we see people go in. You know, you got a mom going in with a baby and, you know, she's coming out, leaving her dead child inside, that has an impact on you. Sure. And so that's how the Lord got a hold of my heart. Um, it's kind of like, you know, we, we know that there are starving children around the world, but until we go on a, on a mission trip in a third world country and actually see it with our own eyes, it really doesn't touch our hearts until we see it. And uh, and so I saw the issue of abortion playing out right in front of my eyes at that abortion clinic, and I knew that I need to be involved somehow. Mm. Um, so we started going out individually as a uh, as a family. My wife is a nurse, and after that, you know, unwanted pregnancy situation I shared about earlier, she actually you know kind of beat the odds or whatever they you know these statistics. She, she
1: yeah. She become a statistic.
3: Yeah, she she finished high school. She went into college. Became a nurse. And wow. And ultimately, he's using her nursing skills to um, to be a nurse on board the mobile ultrasound unit that you mentioned earlier. You know, we park it right in front of the abortion center. And then about um, in 2010, Cities for Life got started, which was kind of a concerted effort from some individuals who were coming out to the abortion center and reaching out and really wanted to put something together that had some structure to it, that mm-hmm. churches can get involved with, because there's this, this idea of you know, people who go out to an abortion clinic are, like you said earlier, just a bunch of uh, raven lunatics holding up <laughs> pictures of dead babies and yelling at women. And we wanted to try to tear that down and say that's not what we're doing. That's can, not. Can we we're we're just to
1: all do. agree that that's probably not the best tactic right. in the world?
3: Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, certainly God can use donkeys, right? Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. So he, God can use all uses kinds donkeys of things, like us. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to say that God can't use that sort of thing, but as far as the way I see the scriptures. You know, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2 and 24, it says, "...a servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle, Mm -hmm. able to teach, and then able to correct." And so we're supposed to bring correction and teaching, but we're supposed to be gentle. And it says, "...in humility, correcting those who are in opposition." Mm -hmm. So we have to come with an attitude of humility and anything that we do when we're going to serve the lord and so that's what we that's what we try to do you know as we're encountering the women at the abortion center so I don't know if I exactly answered your question no, I, but, I, yeah. I think
1: well in your own special way I think yeah, you did own I just special I, way. I, you know as a as a business owner uh, marketing is huge yep. and <laughs> when you're trying to get someone to come over to you versus a competitor you don't want to go out there and lamb base the competitor sure. with just these graphic, gory pictures. I I don't think that really works. Yeah. I mean, one
3: of the things that we say, listen, if if you want to convince a mom to choose life for her baby, then typically you've got to have a conversation with her, right? You've got to talk to her. You've got to share with her the resources that are available to her, the reasons why she shouldn't have her baby's life taken through abortion. If you're going to have a conversation with somebody, they have to approach you, right? Mm, Yeah. If someone's going to approach you, you have to make yourself approach a bowl, right? Sure. You have to be approachable, wow. exactly. right? So, if you're yelling, if you're using, you know, language, it could be biblical language, but you're using language that's just gonna push them away. Then you shouldn't expect for them to come over and talk to you. Yeah. And so, you know, we've we've learned. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes over the sure. years being out there, and we've learned what. What honors the Lord and what doesn't honor the Lord? What works and what what doesn't
1: work? Yeah, we've had our friend Josh Brahm on uh, yeah. with Equal Rights Institute. Yeah, I know so Josh. Yeah. yeah, and uh, that's that's kind of their approach. They don't go at, at it with you know pitchforks and torches, and they try you know try to blast people and, and poke their eyes out. I mean, they're trying right. to do it with compassion yeah. uh, and humility, and I think that's where. The conversation has to go. No one wants to see a Westboro Baptist Church that. Right. I don't think any of us would agree that they're really a church or a Christian church out there with signs that says, you know, uh, God hates uh, women who abort or God yeah. hates pro-choice. Or mm-hmm. I don't think none of us want to see that. At least I don't, and I'm pretty sure any self-respecting person that has a, a lick of common sense would say <laughs> the same thing. I mean, yeah. So I really, I like I said. Guys like Josh, who's out there, guys like you and your organization that's out there doing this in a, a humble way, is people that I really respect, and yeah. I want you know I like to highlight these stories because you know we not only do we have we have a, a, a potpourri. We've used this is probably the second time we've used potpourri on the show, and it's two times more <laughs> than we've, yeah, two times more than we've listed on 110 episodes. But <laughs> um, you know we have a grab bag of listeners from all across the country, all. All actually internationally, yeah, yeah, and from different walks of life. And for some people, you know, standing out with offering an ultrasound maybe a foreign idea, especially in some of our international countries where you know abortion is actually state funded, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So, it, we're not saying, well, at least for me, I, from my political point of view, I, you know, I, I don't. <sighs> you don't have to speak to this, but, you know, I, I've never said, oh, let's just ban it because I think you, once you black market an item, it becomes, you know, ran in the black markets with crime and corruption and stuff. But I, I do want to offer women, you know, I'm all about women's rights. I want to offer women alternatives and know that there's not, there's hope at the end of the rainbow there, you know, that we're we're trying to sell them, you know, we're trying to sell them a life and there's actually hope there. So,
3: yeah. um yeah, I mean, I, if you don't mind, I'll speak to that sure. real quick. You yeah. know, if, you know, I would like to see abortion banned I could, because I think it's a violation of human rights. I think it's a violation of the human rights of that baby in the womb. Um, but to imagine that abortion is going to end just because we make it illegal is uh, is simply not borne out in, sure. in, in, in history. Right. I mean, Charlotte, and we're not far from Charlotte, Concord's mm-hmm. pretty much Charlotte, right? Um Charlotte is like number 4 or 5 in sex trafficking in the United States yeah. of America. Yeah. That's not people that's not still a top own five. slaves yeah. in the United States of yeah. America even though slavery is illegal. So people are going to still have abortions if uh, abortion is made illegal. What happens or what needs to happen is the gospel to take root mm. yep. in the heart. When the gospel takes root in a human heart, it doesn't matter what legislators do. When we see it happen, I've seen moms choose life for their babies who maybe were too early along. They couldn't even see their baby on the ultrasound. One mom I think of was uh, five weeks along, and she couldn't even see her baby. Hmm. we share the gospel with her. And we do it in a very, you know, we do, I don't know if you know who Ray Comfort is, if you know Living Waters and their ministry and the way they share the gospel, where they basically, they you know, if you've watched any of Ray Comfort's videos, I, I encourage you to if you haven't. It's an awesome way to share the gospel. But he basically lays out, you know, we need to understand our need for a Savior. So he lays out the, the law that we're all guilty, as the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you show hmm. people, hey, these are these are the commands of God, and we've broken them. And then you show a mom her need for a Savior, and the Holy Spirit does a work in her heart. Mm -hmm. We had a mom on board the mobile ultrasound unit, it's it's been a couple of years ago, who, again, didn't see her baby on the ultrasounds because she was too early along. But she saw her need for a Savior. She Mm -hmm. surrendered her heart to Jesus. And then the sidewalk counselor asked her, so what do you think now? Are you still thinking about abortion? She said, well, if Jesus is my Lord, I can't even think of abortion right. anymore. I'm yeah. not going to do this. Yeah. And she chose life for her baby. So that just kind of speaks to you know, the human heart needs to change. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, they say you can't legislate morality. Well, I mean, somebody's le- somebody's morality is being legislated every time we pass legislation. But, <laughs> sure. but the yeah. point is made that you can't, through legislation, make someone do the right thing. Yeah. You know, the human heart has to be changed and I
1: believe the only way to change the human heart is through the power of the gospel.
2: Yeah, I, agree. I
1: mean, you know, I, I agree, and that's you know that's the reason why I, when I go back to the banning, it's kind of hard to do because look look at all the things we have banned. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. you can't drive your car over seventy miles an hour. People do that. Heroin's pretty much illegal for as far as I know. <laughs> but, exactly. You know, with all these things that have been banned, and it's just so hard. It just creates this huge black market traffic, and um, you know we've had we've had Lainey George on with Redeeming Joy and the sex trafficking, and man, just you're right. Enslavement, and we could talk about enslavement in the physical world, like that sex trafficking. You know, Jeffrey Epstein's in the in the news um, to enslavement of a heart due to poverty or or enslavement to. Other things, and, and I, I think the condition of the heart and changing that man is a huge mm-hmm. thing. And you know, we we ultimately believe it's the gospel, also. But yeah. sharing that in, in a form that people can digest and understand is where sometimes we lose the message. Yeah. You know, um, I grew up here in the South, and it was all firebrand hell, hell fire and brimstone. You know, every Sunday and every you know, twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, just but, but making it to where people can understand is a huge thing. A lot of times, it's that human touch where you actually. Talk to them on the sidewalk, and it goes goes forth there. Because a lot of times we we think we have to make the gospel more palatable, but it's Mm. actually the Spirit that can actually talk. You know, we, we spend how much thousands of dollars every Sunday across the across the land making these you know spectacular. Mockeries of what the gospel is—where firework like, shows, firework yeah. shows, rock concerts—you know, uh, the pastor has to have on—you know, the latest fashion haircut. I mean, nice we, sneakers. Yeah, and, yeah. We, we spend we spend <laughs> yeah. a lot of money on that, but really, honestly, it's just the the Holy Spirit and the conviction of that that can does the work. Yep. <laughs> Jesus yes. did in
0: a robe and some sandals. Yeah. Come on, y'all. We,
1: we try to we try yeah we try to share the gospel in a, a thirty three to thirty six minute caption, and really, it's actually. I even needed, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that we discover, and I'm sure you can imagine, you know, it's it's not until we come to the end of ourselves until we can really begin a relationship with God, right? Yeah. That's that's the gospel. Mm. That we can't save ourselves, and when a mom is at an abortion clinic. She is literally at the end of herself, right? Yeah. She is at the end of her life, and many of these women know it. Now, now we've encountered women that have had, you know, seven, eight, nine abortions, and mm. so and, and their hearts are hardened, and they're just not going to listen to what you have to say. God can do a work, but it's, you know, it's it, tough. It, there's yeah. a few and far between, but, uh, the, you know, but we encounter women who are there who are, you know, we see them going in, they're weeping, their hearts mm. are broken, and... That's not the time to, you know, to, you know, hellfire and brimstone. That's the time to extend. You know, we talk about sin, of course. We talk about our need for a Savior. But you extend the mercy and the grace of God, and you extend the resources that are available. That's one of the main points that we touch on, sort of three points that we touch on as Sidewalk Counselors. We we touch on what God says about abortion, what he says about you, that he loves you and he loves your baby, what he says about your baby. We touch on the humanity of the baby, we describe for them, your baby's heart is already beating, your baby has brainwaves at six weeks. And then we talk about the resources that are available. That's sort of our three talking points. That's sort of the three things that we talk with talk That's about your whole when eternity. we talk. That, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and so we share those things and we share the resources. I mean Charlotte and, and the cities around this area, the areas, uh, the churches around this area, have so many organizations and resources available. Mm. There's not a single need that a mom walks into an abortion clinic with that can't be remedied in other places than, than that abortion clinic. And we've you know, we've done the hard work of finding those resources, finding those ministries, those organizations that can meet their needs, you know, like housing and clothing, food, you know, we do have, like you mentioned, our baby shower ministry that we started ourselves mm. because we saw a need there. We partner with another ministry, Truth and Mercy Ministries, that does uh, some of the same things. And so there's not a need, practically, that they that can't be met within those those organizations. And it's, it's pretty awesome to see a heart change by the power of the gospel. And then she sees, you know, we're not just here to offer her, you know, the gospel and then see you later, but yeah. we have all these other ministries that we can plug them into. And that's part of our goal, not just... Even if they, you know, like that young lady I shared with earlier, shared about earlier, who surrendered her life to Jesus. It doesn't end there, right? She needs discipleship. She needs to get plugged into a church. Mm-hmm. And so we do that. We try to plug them into a church, mm-hmm. get a mentor that will walk alongside them through their pregnancy and beyond. Wow. And uh, we've seen some great success and, and seen God do a lot through those, those sort of uh,
1: stories. It's incredible. Tell me, about, tell me about this mobile
3: unit. Okay, so basically, you know, you th- you think uh, maybe you, s- you said it earlier, You know, you, they got a bus that they park in front of the in front of the abortion clinic. It's actually nicer than my house. Let me just tell you. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> you go inside and Can this I thing is rent like, it out? <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it doesn't well, look like Cousin Eddie's RV. Just to be clear.
3: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we've had people come from the abortion clinic and come out of the doors of the abortion clinic and step on board the mobile ultrasound unit, and they're like, "Wow, it's nicer in here than it is in there." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's you know a multi million dollar business that they run wow. in there. Um, it, one of the things is because the atmosphere is one of life and blessing and peace, mm. you know. Um, but basically, you know, it's just a regular RV that's fitted with, a, with an ultrasound room. The, the room that would normally be the bedroom in the, in the RV is the ultrasound examination room. There's a TV screen there, a nice flat screen TV, so that she can see her baby moving on the ultrasound screen. There's a counseling area. That they sit down and talk with her, figure out why she's there. You know, she has struggles and issues, and so we lay out a plan for her and try to figure out what we can do to meet those struggles. And uh, and of course, that's an area where we can really get into some some of the meat of what's going on in her life and share mm-hmm. the gospel with her. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's not you know, it's not rocket science. You know, it's just let's let's just offer what we have, which mm-hmm. are these free resources and this ultrasound. And this mom comes on board, we see. You know, if if a mom comes on board, we have about a ninety. I would say ninety five percent success rate. If she goes on board that mobile oh, ultrasound, wow. she sees her baby. She's going to choose life for her baby. Um, of course, the battle is getting them to come on board the the mobile yeah, ultrasound yeah. unit. You, know, you know.
0: So, what do you think it is that at that, seeing the baby? Yeah. In in their heads, in their minds, didn't yeah. Make you, that switch.
3: You know, I think the statistic is about. Um, I think it's about half of women that have abortions already have children. So they've seen ultrasounds before. Mm-hmm. Many of these women, I mean, you can go on your phone now, you can get apps that, you know, show fetal development, that show ultrasounds at 3D, 3D ultrasounds in every stage of development. I think what it is, is them actually seeing that baby that they carry right now. It's mm-hmm. You know, we say the ultrasound is like a window into the womb, you know? And when you're under fear that many of these women are under, you're not thinking clearly. Mm -hmm. And the scripture says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so we that have God's spirit, we have power, love, and a sound mind. Mm -hmm. Those who are under spirit of fear actually don't have power, which is the moral ability to do the right thing, love, which is love for God, love for their baby, love for themselves. And sound, a sound mind, they're not sound thinking. I'm not saying they're they're complete, you know, they don't right. have any any knowledge. They certainly do, but they're under fear, yeah. and they're not thinking soundly. And so they may have had other children, and they may have seen ultrasounds of a baby at, you know, 9, 10 weeks. But when you can speak to them, you can show them their baby right then, right now, you know. Personalize and, it. And personalize it, yeah, and they see their baby, and we, you know, this – you know, these moms see their baby on the ultrasound, ten weeks along, kicking and, mm-hmm. and moving around. They'll just start bawling. You know,
1: shame. Shame has to play a huge oh, part of this. I yeah. mean, just think about shame. Can shame is a hard driver to a lot of things. Oh yeah, shame is a driver to drug, alcohol abuse, infidelity, gambling. Hmm. You know, probably driving yeah. these women to warning abortion. I mean, but I mean, anyone listening right now, you can. You can be a Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, whatever, but shame is a huge human component. That mm. man it's just—it's such a weight. I mean, it's like a—it's like a heavy jacket that you wear. I mean, I—I I, I just can't imagine being at that moment of despair. You know, with some of these women. Um, do you know? Do you notice a lot of men, boyfriends? Is it yeah. a lot of that combos coming in?
3: Yeah, you know. Um... I have the opportunity to speak to a lot of young men that are going into the abortion center and share with them my story. You know, as mm. a young man who has a you know has a daughter who was born in, through an unwanted pregnancy, I say that in quotes, Air quotes. you
2: know <laughs> nobody can see that. But right, again, yeah, we got you. <laughs> you got me.
3: Um, because there's no child that's unwanted. The Lord has a plan for each child that He mm. creates. But yeah, we see a lot of men, a lot of young men. I see them a lot of times. You know, when I talk to a young man and I, I share with him my story and I ask him, "Hey, what do you think about what's going on in there?" You know, oftentimes this is him milling around in the parking lot while his girlfriend's in the abortion center. I'm like, what do you think about what's going on in there? I mean, a large portion of these men are like, you know what? If it was up to me, I, I wouldn't have her do it, but it's her decision. Hmm. And sometimes I think it's a mechanism for the young man to take and throw the guilt that he's feeling and the shame that he's feeling oh, off no. on her. Yeah, Because after all, he can say, you know, her body, her right, her choice, her problem, her fault. She bears the weight of it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think it's genuine. Like I've, I've literally talked to young men who are just weeping and broken and, and wish that they could do something about it. And I've been able to, you know, to encourage, to put some courage in some of these young men and say, listen, man, you do have a voice. Mm-hmm. You can influence her to do the right thing. And, you know, take this piece of literature. We have literature that we have made up that, that shares about all the different aspects that, that, you know, about abortion and their baby and, and the resources. And I'll put that in his hand and, be like, man, go in there and talk to her. Just give your baby one more chance. And I've seen men, young men, who are all under fear and just out there, just not knowing what to do, walk in those doors and come out with their girlfriend by the hand, not dragging her by the hand, but they're walking out by the hand, and they hug on the front porch, and they've chosen life. And what wow. it was is she's inside, and she's praying, and she's asking God, mm. God, if you don't want me to do this, then send him back in here. I've seen that, I've seen that more of the times than I can think of.
2: Wow.
0: Some uh, goosebumps right there. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. It's,
3: it's, it, and it sort of speaks to that whole dynamic of, you know, as men, we need to really step up our game and be what God has called us to <laughs> you be. Think? Yeah. What? I you mean, think? seriously.
1: But that kind of goes against the grain of today's modern society. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're <laughs> men have been so Muted. pounded down yeah. to where we're not supposed to do that or speak yeah. up. And that just kind of contradicts the current cultural flow right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You mentioned unwanted children. How big of an edictment it is to just the church to say we don't we don't agree with abortion. You know, we'll rally behind that, but we don't we don't want to have anything to do with fostering or adopting. You know, if we're if we're the ones screaming about it, why aren't we the ones helping as much as we yeah. should be?
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things is the church can always do more. Mm. We can always do more. There's so many issues that that need to be tackled out there. The fact is, though, if you look at the statistics and the people who are opening up their homes to foster children, Mm -hmm. people who are adopting children, a large portion are Christians, godly families. Now, Should more homes be open to foster care? Yeah, I mean, to me, that's a mission field right there. These are children who, you know, a lot of these, you know, the statistic is really high of people, women who have abortions who are themselves um, have been through the foster care system and kind of caught up in that thing. Which is one of the reasons why we are very, very uh, careful at how we mention adoption when we talk about adoption in front of the abortion clinic. You know, I have people yeah, people come. I get Facebook messages from people or emails like, "Do you guys ever mention adoption?" And I'm like, "Oh, I never thought of that. You know, oh, good, good idea. Good, glad you came along to, to help wow. us to, to, to figure out a new way to reach these women." Like, yeah, we do mention adoption, but what you don't understand is that we're reaching primarily African American women. About seventy percent of the women that have abortions in Mecklenburg County. Are African Americans, mm. and with the in the African American community, my experience has been that abortion or not abortion, adoption has been a sti- a, has been stigmatized. Oh, yeah. mm. So they equate adoption with foster care, and many of them have been in bad foster care situations. So when you say adoption, mm. they're thinking foster care. It shuts down the conversation, yeah. and we don't get to talk to them anymore. So wow. we're strategic about that, and that's the sort of you know sure. rabbit trail on what you're asking. Um, But I think one of the things and one of the things that I put a lot of prayer to is is this stigma about adoption within the African-American community and just in general, just within, you know, our country. There should should be no stigma attached Mm -hmm. to adoption, adoption, uh, though it has its complications and all that if scripturally you read it's one of the most godly things that a a person could do to Mm -hmm. place their child for adoption and then for a family to adopt that child, you know, we see in the scriptures that we are adopted as children of God.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, my oldest knucklehead that I have at home is adopted. (laughs) Okay. And she's also biracial. Okay. Um, So there is a stigma, (laughs) a huge stigma, and you know, in in that community. Um, Growing up, I'm growing up it was just a stigma to be adopted I, i'm grateful mm. to say that that has now decreased to a point where no one really cares and that as much as i rail on millennials and the generation <laughs> that's one good thing they do brings a little bit more compassion yeah, yeah. and humility to people's circum, circumstances knowing that they're just as loved as they are if they're biological um but I'm, I'm glad to see that just so like i had a friend growing up he was adopted the kid was made fun of and picked on in school. Mm. I mean, but I, I don't see that now in today's generation. Though, at least not yeah. in my daughter, because I mean, you know, she's well loved and people laugh at her. Only thing I laugh at her is when they they see two white parents pull up, and one of them's heavily tattooed and the <laughs> other one is uh, prim and proper. So, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I, I just think that the church needs to get behind adopting and fostering mm-hmm. at, at a much higher rate. And I agree. Like uh, my wife and I foster. And we go to counseling and the support groups and whatnot, and most of them are Christian parents. But where are the other Christian parents that know that there's an issue, and there's a kid that needs to be loved? And you're exactly right. We're all adopted into the family, and I just think that they could do just a, l- a little bit more of getting involved and getting their hands dirty instead of just oh, well, we're going to get behind this Facebook post. Yeah. But what are you really doing in, in yeah. your life? Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's 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 an issue with every. You know every eel of society. It's like, yeah. man, you know, why didn't the church get? You know, I guess you know maybe in the American church, one of the things that, that <laughs> aggravates me is that, and if you listen to a lot of the messages and, and a lot of the things that are put out there in the airwaves, it's almost like this attitude of, you know, Christianity was made for you to make you feel better about yourself. Mm. It's made for. You know, God God was created for you, <laughs> right? and and you're created to sit in that pew and yeah. and, and pay your tithes. And the reality yeah. is, we're created for God, and yeah. we're created to serve Him. So it, it could be that, <laughs> that some of what is being broadcast from the pulpits is not touching on these issues, yeah, you know, the true. issue of abortion, the issue of foster care and adoption, and, and the issue of, you know, sex trafficking, any of the yeah. ills of society. It's like, man, yeah. these things need to be talked about, not just, you know, how God wants to make you feel better
1: about yourself. Or make you <laughs> richer, and... Get yeah, you that and it sounds though. like it sounds like a pastor out in the Houston area. Yeah, maybe it speaks out of a dome. <laughs> I don't
0: know yeah. who, who that, that is, Joel Osteen. <clears throat> Not naming any names. Yeah, I'm just saying.
1: The SS, what was the Babylon B? <laughs> SS
0: o- Osteen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> SS Prosperity, I think is yeah. the name of the boat. How was it? Yeah, yeah. Good. So, uh, you know, talk just looking at 2019 here. I mean, how many mothers have you think you've probably had, probably have convinced? This, um, this year.
3: So we've seen at this point, I think about 320 oh, wow. chosen, life, chosen life so far this year.
1: Oh,
0: that's awesome. Wow.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's pretty amazing to see, see the Lord doing that sort of thing. Yeah. We saw last year we had 500, I think we had 501
1: moms choose life mm. oh, wow.
3: last year. Yeah.
1: Wow. Do y'all, do y'all have a central location that you guys hone in on or do you have different locations that you guys primarily go around? I mean, you don't have to do so, the locations because I don't, you know, I, I'm not big on, you know, doxing people or figuring out, you know, like protest or whatever. I mean, yeah,
0: that's a good question.
3: Yeah, so we focus on the abortion centers in Charlotte. I mean, we mm. what we what we do, we call it sidewalk counseling. So we're on the sidewalks in front of the abortion centers, and we're trying to counsel sure. moms to, to not go into the abortion center. And there are actually three and soon to be four abortion centers in Charlotte. Mm. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but Charlotte is an abortion hub for the southeast. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is an abortion destination for, um, you know, all the way from, the top of Florida and, and Alabama, um, Georgia, Tennessee, Virginia. Uh, we see Kentucky. We see people from all over the southeast come to Charlotte for abortions. Why is that? Um, well, you know, could be some of that shame that you were talking about earlier. Mm. You know, that shame issue that they don't want to be caught in that. Mm. You know, in their own their city, area, yeah. in their own area. Some of that, probably um but more than anything i think it's uh i think it's marketing
1: <laughs> it could be it's
3: marketing from the abortion clinic. let's
1: let's make wow. no mistake abortion clinics are a multi-million dollar industry oh absolutely i mean yeah. from from the body part selling to whatever you know, uh whatever mm. they want to call it i mean it's just yeah. uh,
2: it's
1: what it is i mean yeah. i think it's been pretty much revealed on project veritas and other things out there in the industry um in fact i have a quote from a and I, I don't I don't want to tie you to anything in my quotes because I have a big mouth and I own every word I say. So okay. this is not Daniel Park speaking. But All right. uh, a there's, a, <laughs> there's a disclaimer. There's a gym of a gym of a doctor named uh, Ron Verani uh, Yeah, Ron verani Yeah, Vermani who uh, who had a quote for uh, Cities for Life volunteers. Rape them and send them here. Yeah, he they actually have that on recording. Yeah. So that's. Uh, wow. I don't think that's part of the
3: yeah, you know doctor's oath. There. You know what's uh, when I use the word funny, I don't mean haha funny. Right. What's strange about this is that same doctor was arrested for rape in uh in two thousand and fourteen. Lost so his actually,
1: license temporarily, didn't
3: temporarily, yeah. yeah. And then mm. somehow the charges were dropped and he's you know, he's now doing abortions somehow. again. And somehow. Yeah.
1: I, I like <sighs> my prayer is for some of these doctors. Nurses, I don't even want to call them doctors. Yeah. Abortionists and abortionist assistants, um, and people that work in the industry. I haven't seen the movie Unplanned yet. I plan on I plan on seeing Unplanned um, because I've heard that's a very powerful movie. Yeah, at least from the trailers I've seen. Um, I really play pray for those people in that industry because I, I want them to have a change of heart. Because yeah. um, you know we have talked about this. This is this is a scourge that is being perpetrated upon American society we're losing if you look at just from the straight philosophical not the spiritual but mm. we, we could be losing people that have potential great worth to science and philosophy and knowledge and politics and sports and we're losing a whole generation of humanity mm. and it just breaks my heart that you know to see that as As someone who's not been able to have my own kids genetically, and I'm glad I couldn't because I have some messed up won the genetic lottery (laughs) with health, but it breaks my heart to see that, and I, I, I pray for... Uh, the women, the men that are involved you know, is from the, the father, mother side to also the doctors and nurses. I really would love to see a change of heart. And you, you're seeing some of that where nurses are coming out now and saying, you know, this is what I witnessed. And mm. um, I think there was actually an article today that came out. And there was a baby in an abortion clinic that actually cried for nearly an hour on a live table until the baby finally passed away without mm. any help or help. Yeah, so that just breaks my heart. Yeah, it really does.
3: Yeah. Well, we've seen, you know, we're, we're there. Um, certainly our primary focus is to reach the moms going in and reach the dads, uh, but we do offer from, you know, um, the ministry that the unplanned movie, Abby Johnson and her, her mm-hmm. organization, which is, uh, and then there were none. We offer their information. We, we call out to the workers. Hey, you can go to abortionworker.com and they can help you find uh, better work. And we've seen wow. uh, in the past two years, we've seen sixteen abortion workers quit wow. um, from the abortion centers here in Charlotte. And so we, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's, you know, it's we're not trying to hurt their bottom line per se, but that hurts their bottom line to have yeah. to rehire new retrain yeah, people, retrain, yeah. rehire. And uh, and we've seen some of those workers come to know the Lord, you mm. know, which is which is amazing. Yeah, you know.
0: That's I think that
1: I think that might be the hidden story in all of this.
0: Yeah, could be. Uh, you know yeah. what I'm saying?
1: Because you you think of how many times their hands have participated in the taking of life, and all of a sudden them have to switch. Yeah. I mean, the weight of that, mm. you know, the shame that they also will have to carry, you know, ask forgiveness for is a huge, huge thing. But I know God has that scandalous grace. We talked about it on the, our show Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, scandalous grace, where God can heal those wounds, and so. <sighs> Uh, yeah, it's just it's yeah. a tough subject to go around because you know it's one of these things where um, you, this is a this is a cross section of uh, of our culture and politics right now. It's very very uh, volatile. It's very it, you could light a match on certain days you know, on mm-hmm. on the facebooks or uh, the twitters with you start talking pro choice or pro life and yeah. people are, people are very polarized. They're in one boat or the other. Yeah. There's really no mo- middle ground. And neither should there be middle ground, but um, it's just very volatile and sometimes hard to talk about. And you know, people have lost careers over taking a stance one way or other. People have lost, uh, you know, family members due to their thoughts and ideology on on this subject. So um, I just, but like I said, I appreciate guys like you out there trying to make a difference. And I agree, I do agree with you also. Churches do, do do need to do a better job. I mean, and I'm not saying just the church building. Or the church leadership. I'm right. talking like the collective body of Christ in the church needs to do a better job. You know, we, we uh, one of our contention points I've always had with churches um, is that we should never have a homeless person sleeping on the street. Mm. We have buildings that are empty six days a week. Yeah, there should never be a child in foster care due to that string of families. Yeah, and it yeah I'm I'm complicit complicit in not being a part of the uh, the foster system. Maybe we will be. We've talked about it, mm. but but we should be able to fill the gap there. That's where you know politically, that's where volunteer volunteerism comes in, and volunteering your household, volunteering your coin, volunteering this to meet needs. And I wish we would just see that more yeah. as a collectively as a society.
0: Talk about because I don't think we've done enough justice to. Not only are you doing the sidewalk counseling, but then what happens afterwards?
3: Yeah. So. You know, we encountered uh, some very difficult situations. I'll just sort of st- yeah. share a story that will yeah. kind of walk you through how how, um, you know, how these stories can go. We encountered a couple, and this has been uh, summer before last, who came to the abortion center. They had four children and uh, outside of the womb, and the one baby that she was carrying in, in her wife. womb, and they were homeless, living in their car. Mm. Um, they were not married. But they were, they'd been together for, you know, 15 years or something. so, you know, they were, for all intents and purposes, were committed to each other. Mm-hmm. And so they came to the abortion center. They came pulling down the road, and by God's grace, one of our sidewalk counselors had stopped uh, stopped them. They stopped for her, and she talked to them for, for a good while and found out what their situation was. And for this young lady, you know, the furthest thing from her mind was going and, and having an abortion. But she really felt like this baby in this situation is the straw that broke the camel's back for them. They're homeless. Mm-hmm. They're living in their car. They have four kids. They got a baby on the way. It's like, what are we going to do? We just yeah. – and so we were able to get them to come on board the mobile ultrasound unit, talk through the issues and the struggles that they had. And uh, and she just really broke and, you know, I'm, mm. I don't want to have the abortion, but what can you guys do to help me, please? Yeah. By the end of the day, we had them put up in a temporary motel. Mm. So I mean that's the best you can do off the cuff, right? there yeah. for a right. family. So we we raised the money real quick. We put it out, and people were willing to support. So we put them up in a hotel for I believe for a week, in an extended stay hotel, and then we we're able to connect them with another ministry that had a housing uh, a housing ministry that they they run, and got them plugged in there. Um, by the end of that week, when we met them on on Wednesday, um, she kept in contact with our sidewalk counselor on Wednesday. She realized her need for a savior and surrendered mm. her life to Jesus. She's like, "This is a hard, hard thing I'm dealing with here. A hard situation. I can't do it on my own strength." Mm. And she gave her life to Jesus. On Thursday, he gave his life to Jesus. By Friday, they were in front of the courthouse getting married. <laughs> awesome. We we found a yeah, uh, wow. uh, we found a, a pastor that would come and marry them, and uh, he married them. Then you know that following week, we were able to um, get them plugged into housing. We had uh, the, their car that they were living in actually broke down. We were able to kind of rally the church and were able to get them money and we bought them another car that they were able to, to you know I mean because they were crammed in a little sed- anyway they needed something bigger so we were able to get them in another vehicle um, and you know that situation I'm he, he just texted me the other day the the, the husband did and uh, we stay in contact with each other they're doing well you know they have their struggles like any marriage sure. does like yeah. any family does. But we've seen God do a lot of things, and, and last I heard and talking to him, he's saving money, and they're looking to to buy their own house wow. now. Wow! Oh, wow! You know, so mm. yeah, that's that's a that's a sort of full, full circle, you know. Yeah, and
0: see that? Don't mind me, guys. It's just the allergies. <laughs> um, but know. you know what, man? <laughs> that's
1: yeah, I look. I. I, I Don't hold this against me, but I mean, this is a lot of times our podcast. I talk about how inept the government is (laughs) and our tax dollars are very good at collecting it, but very poorly at spending it. All this was volunteer money. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's that's the power of when God speaks to people in their certain. certain, I mean, like me, I may have not felt compelled to give money, but you had a lot of people who did. Oh, yeah. Mm. I love that. I love how God sparked something in their heart to volunteer their own money their own time, maybe their own skill. And that's, that's powerful. And I'm glad, I'm so happy to hear that the guy's doing great yeah, or doing better, I guess I should say. And who's, who's to know what their story is of, as a family in five years from now. Oh yeah. 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 And that's going to be the most part. Maybe they're out there on doing sidewalk counseling with you. Hey, you never
0: that, know. That'd
3: be awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you think a, a majority of it, of abortions are happening just because of lack of resources?
3: You know, I think, um, because in, in my experience, there are women in, and I'll actually say this, and I don't say it in some kind of like smug way, but mm-hmm. women that are going into an abortion clinic, if I have a chance to talk to them, I will t- share with them, listen, there are people in similar situations to yours that are choosing not to go in there.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's
3: not the remedy to your problem. Mm-hmm. So I think it's that in the sense that the, it's in their mind, and their hearts, they feel like they have to have an abortion because of these situations. The reality is... A lot of it's wrapped up in that that fear that I spoke of earlier. They're just mm-hmm. under this can't fear, do it. And, yeah. And it's just they've believed the lies of the enemy. They've believed the lies of society. Um, you know, some of these young men have believed the lies of society that, that tells them, you know what, you can't be a dad. You're mm. too young. You're, you the community you were raised in. You didn't have a dad. All this other garbage that they've been fed. And, you know, I speak directly against that, and I say, listen, if people are telling you you can't be a good dad, I'm telling you they're liars and they don't know God. (laughs) Because if you put your trust in Him, listen, I was a dad at 17. I'm a horrible dad now, except for the grace of God, right? (laughs) I need the grace of God. You need the grace of God. That mom going in, she needs the grace of God. And so, you know, we have to combat these, these sort of lies that they believe, the lies that society puts out with the truth, with what God's Word says, that all those that put their trust in Him will not be put to shame. As it says in Romans chapter 10, all those that put their trust in the Lord will not be put to shame. Mm. Um, so so there could be many, many yeah. reasons, okay. but uh, but I, it boils down to just a bunch of lies yeah. that, that they're <laughs> believing, yeah.
0: Wow. Mm.
1: Just to speak to the... Uh, I know disproportionately here in Mecklenburg County, Cabarrus County, probably some of the other greater counties, a maker of the greater Charlotte area, you talk about the ethnicity breakdown i wonder is it most of it proportioning black disproportionate black in latino or do you find less latino community due to certain circumstances what do you what do you find kind of
3: yeah so i mean the statistics um and just practically the way it's borne out that we see it's about 70 percent of the people going into abortion centers in mecklenburg county are african americans wow um and then the rest you know are Sort of a, I don't know exactly the statistic on on, Mm -hmm. uh, um, Hispanics. We do see Hispanic Mm -hmm. uh, folks on a regular basis, of course, many many white um, people there for abortions. You know, the whole idea, um, if you've done any research about Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry, is it does have a targeted effort against the African-American oh, they population. Plan, they plant
1: them right there in the communities. Yeah. And
3: you know, the abortion, the main abortion center that we reach out at that does you know, 30 to 40 abortions sometimes every day, six mm. days a week. Oh, wow. on, average, on average, I think they do between 20 and 30 uh, six mm. days a week. But there's some days where the whole parking lot's full, yeah. you know, 40 or 50 people there for an abortion. And it's located right behind a Minority Neighborhood, Greer Heights, and right on the other other side of that same neighborhood is another abortion center. Wow. So just like three minutes down the road is another one. So these both of these abortion centers are located right there near that minority neighborhood. You know, you're not going to find an abortion clinic in the Country Club. You know, right? They, yeah. They, yeah. They, it's a targeted effort, man. You know, and they're playing on people's you know um, fear. They're playing on economic situations, all of that, because these are these are businesses that mm-hmm. make a profit off of abortion.
1: You know. Mm. Well, I'll speak to this. Not This is not Daniel speaking. This is me, and I own this words once again because I don't want to put any words in his mouth, but where's our social justice? Where is that for there? I mean, mm-hmm. how, about the, how about my white liberal friends who are listening right now that go to speak about racial injustices? I mean, how would you like to see an abortion mill right in the back of your neighborhood?
0: I mean...
3: I, <laughs> it wouldn't stand for it. It wouldn't stand <laughs> for it. Right,
0: right next to the HOA community pool. I'm gonna to go to Harris Teeter and pick up uh, some dozen donuts. Yeah, and by the way, they're yeah, right beside the Starbucks.
1: Yeah. God, I mean, it just—if you can't see injustice there, and I, I then put down your uh, put put down your Black Lives Matter hashtags and put down your social inequity hashtags. I mean, this is this is a real lie. This is where your words should meet the street. Your rubber, you know, rubber meets the road, and we don't see that. Mm-hmm. I I mean, anyway, <laughs> that's I had to say that. So.
0: Yeah. I can't get enough of the stories. Do you have any more stories that just have have blown you away and just you've really seen God move?
3: Yeah. You know, one story that always sticks out in my mind, and it's not, you know, like all these ins and outs of the stories. It's just the way it played out really broke my heart initially. So, you know, we're there in front of the abortion center. We see this car come down the road, which we do every day. Mm -hmm. See You know, many of these cars. But this car was a little different. It stopped in the middle of the road and cut a U-turn right in the middle of the road. And right in the middle of that U-turn... A young lady gets out of the passenger side and is walking toward the abortion center. So we walk over to her and say, hey, we're here to offer you help. Are you, here, are you coming to the abortion clinic? And she's like, yeah. And, and right away she said, i got to have an abortion. That was my aunt. My aunt told me that if I don't come and have the abortion, that I can't come back home. I live with her. She says, either have your abortion. She said, go have your abortion. Find yourself a ride home. If you don't have the abortion, then don't come home. And you know she's she's mm. broken, right? She she's staying with her aunt. She she has nothing else. She has no one else. And uh, and thankfully, by God's grace, we were able to take her on board the mobile ultrasound unit. She saw her baby. She didn't want to have an abortion. She yeah. I mean, it was the furthest thing from her mind. Um, but we were able to get her uh, plugged into some resources. Show her, hey, this is a place that you can stay. If your aunt's not going to let you come back home, listen, she can't force you to have an abortion. If she's mm-hmm. forcing you by saying she'll kick you out, then we'll find you a place to stay. And we showed mm-hmm. her places to stay. She chose life for her baby that day, yeah. and uh, and that was a that was a powerful story. Um, and you know that baby was saved, even in spite of that. It was coercion. You know she was yeah. being coerced into having an abortion. And I man, think about that. Go have your abortion and find yourself a ride home. So she was going to have to go and have the abortion and then either find a taxi. This is this is you know before this is probably you know. Five years ago, I think it was four or five years ago, before a lot of people were doing Ubers, right? right. So she would have got a taxi. She would have got on a bus. She would have walked home, whatever, after having had that abortion. Mm. And, you know, I've seen women come out of that abortion clinic after having had an abortion. One young lady came out, and she was shivering from the surgical shock of just having had an mm. abortion. And she comes out. She's devastated. She knew yeah. what she did. She knew that she she did wrong. She came out right to us, and she said, you know what? somebody's got to do something about what goes on inside of there. They're mm-hmm. destroying people inside of that place. And she was headed out of the abortion center to get on the bus and go ride home. And thankfully, we were able to give her a ride home with, with another person. But think about the loneliness yeah. of that. Yeah. You come to an abortion clinic alone. You leave after having the abortion alone. It's like, man, that – You have that, to live with it. And then you have to live with it yeah. alone. Oh. You know, The abortion yeah. clinic's not calling you up later on, finding out how you're doing emotionally. Mm-hmm. They got right. your money, and they're good to go. You mm-hmm. know? So uh, yeah, but but God, thankfully, God's people are out there on that sidewalk, and we're able to to reach those those women.
0: Are there um, s- stories of of women that have had the abortion and then just that get was on my bus? question?
1: Oh no, it no was I'm my sorry. question?
0: <laughs> <laughs> they get on your your uh, bus or mobile? What is it? Mobile, mobile ultrasound? ultrasound is what we go, yeah, and just need somebody to talk to, and you're there to. Yeah. To talk with them there.
3: Yeah, yeah. We've had many of those conversations where we've been able to, uh, you know, very graciously show them what Jesus has done for us, Mm. even in spite of our sin. You know, our sin separates us from God. Jesus Christ comes and and bridges that divide, and we point him to the Lord. We have women within our ministry. One of the ladies that works Mm. very closely with me, uh, Vicki, who, if you've watched our page, you've seen our page. She's uh, she's one of our she's our volunteer coordinator. She's post-abortive. She has abortion in her past. We have several women within our, our organization that mm. have abortion in their past, and they can speak to that. Yeah, you know. So that's you know, it's a we're a gospel-centered ministry, and uh, women who've had abortions. Listen, they need Jesus just as much going sure. in as they do coming out, and yeah. vice versa. You know. So yeah, we've been able to to have those conversations. And seeing the Lord do amazing mm-hmm. things and bring healing and restoration in those situations.
0: That's
1: awesome. Thank you for not shunning the women who've actually, you know what I'm saying, have, yeah. have done that and then seeking counseling. I, mean, I think that's a big part, too, where we miss off, is, it, especially in today now, where if you don't do what I ask or don't believe mm-hmm. the way I did, that we have a tendency to shun them and, and close the door. And yeah. Um, especially, you know, I've, I've seen it happen in churches where Somebody may go on their way with way, fall back into an addiction, reach out, and we the door's kind of shut, you know. So yeah. I, I, I that's where you know uh, ministries like yourself and what you guys do is big, big in that recapturing those people.
3: Yeah, so. yeah. One of our one of the things that we've been trying to do for for a good while, and it's a difficult ministry. Um, we're there in the morning times when people come into the abortion center, anywhere from nine to to eleven on the weekdays, anywhere from seven to. You know 11 or 12 on Saturday, and, and typically by that time, all the patients are in. Well, then from about one to three, you'll see the patients come out after mm-hmm. having had the abortion. And we really feel like that we could reach them on the way out. It's like after they've had an abortion, what happens, right? Mm-hmm. Either the devil gets a hold of them, and, and mm-hmm. look what you've done, there's no forgiveness, there's no salvation for you. You know, the, the liar that told them to go in and comforted them on the way in is their accuser on the way out, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: so we feel like, okay, either the devil's gonna get a hold of them or The Lord's going to get a hold of them, so we want to be there to plant gospel seeds on their way out, you know, and get literature in their hands that talks about healing and restoration. And uh, so we our goal is to try to raise up teams for that. We do have teams on Friday afternoons and Monday afternoons, and uh, and our goal is to try to get them out there. You know, we need to have people out there, kind of speaking to what you're saying, Where, where's the church at? Church needs to rise up. We're seeing the church rise up. There's just some more work that needs to be done. Sure. And so yeah. we're just trusting the Lord's going to raise up people to have every hour those abortion clinics are open, whether it's pa- patients going in or patients coming out. We want to have a gospel presence out there, a loving gospel presence mm. in front of that abortion center.
0: I'm going to throw this out there just to lighten the mood a little bit. <clears throat> have, you, have you thought about like free ice cream sandwiches? You can give those out on a hot day. Yeah. You know, I'd go in for that. I'm just,
3: I'm just saying. Well, we've, we've, we've had uh, folks come out with roses and offer roses uh-huh. to those going in and that sort of thing. Um, so, But I've not thought about the ice cream I'm sandwich you, thing. you,
0: might want to try the ice it's cream sandwich. i say biscuits and gravy.
1: Or biscuits and gravy.
0: Biscuits and gravy. Brought, and gravy. brought to you by Bojangles.
1: That's always the, uh, that's always the comfort, <laughs> comfort blaster right there. Yeah. Well, man, uh, you got anything else?
0: No, I think it, it just is so remarkable. Uh, my heart goes out to you guys, to the ministry, to those women. To those babies you know it's just you're doing you're doing god's work you know and i know you hear that and, and people say that but man you are the hands and feet of jesus and you can tell that by the stories by your life um by your works and and so kudos to you
3: yeah all, all by god's grace yeah
1: well uh Dan, daniel parks from cities for life thanks for joining us once again where can we find you again uh, for our social medias or website
3: so it's charlotte.citiesforlife.org is our website and then just Charlotte Cities for Life. You can find us on Facebook, and uh, and we have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I don't do anything on Twitter because I just can't. this cesspool, cesspool humanity.
1: Well, now, but you do have another baby shower page on on the Charlotte. Yeah, flight.
3: so we do have our our um, Cities for Life baby shower page. Um, I believe it's called baby shower page, maybe shower donation page or something. That's where yeah, folks to connect yeah. with us to yeah. uh, to give baby donations. You know, for we're doing a diaper drive right now. We're asking people to go on Amazon and just buy some diapers, send it over to us, or come nice. by our office and drop off some diapers. That's a that's a big need. We can never yeah. have enough diapers okay. to give to these moms. So. Yeah, no doubt. And coming up, we're going to do a diaper drive where we're going to have, um, you know, on Saturday mornings for people to come by and just drop off diapers. So we'll uh, we'll put that on social media whenever we kind of pin that down.
1: Awesome. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for once again. Appreciate you guys tuning into the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. You can find us on the southernfryphilosophy.com. That's our website. Playable links there. You can kind of interact, connect with us, uh, check out our bios. Something like that. Yeah, also, you go to our Facebook page of Southern Fry Philosophy. Um, you'll see our current episodes, some stupid memes, uh, things I get banned for, <laughs> probably. <laughs> and also, check us out on the Twitters and Instagram, which we don't really use Twitter except maybe to throw an episode ever out there. Yeah. But anyway, it's SFP Radio. Uh, also, the Instagram is SFP Radio. Uh, go, go to Google uh, Play, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify the new one that we're using called Podcoin. anywhere you use your pod or anywhere that you download your podcast go to our podcast look up southern Fry philosophy hit that subscribe the heart uh, like follow whatever it is they use um, just do that give us a review we appreciate a five star if you think we're doing our all right job four is acceptable or if you really hate me just put a one but anyway write a review yeah. um, that helps us move up in the algorithm
0: and yeah that's how we love to connect and don't forget, you can be part of the SFP Insiders and SFP family by joining our Patreon page or our Patreon subscriber. You can find that on the Southern Fried Philosophy website. And as always, keep looking up.